Amen. Please remain standing. Sean is coming to read our scripture for us this morning. Comes out of the 37th chapter of the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 11. You can find that passage there in your pew Bibles there in front of you on, on page 28 of the pew Bibles there in front of you. Now Jacob lived in the land where his father had sojourned, in the land of Canaan. These are the records of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, when 17 years of age, was pasturing the flock with his brothers while he was still a young, a youth, along with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought back a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a very colored tunic. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the his brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him, hated him even more. He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us, or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Now he still had still another dream, and he related it to his brothers, and said, Lo, I have had still another dream, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. He related it to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow down ourselves before you to the ground? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and make it be for us the word of life that we might be people of life. And now, God, hide me behind your cross that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't remember very many of my dreams. In fact, I I wonder sometimes if I ever, hardly ever dream. Uh, Those who study such things say that uh, we dream every single time we go to sleep, or at least once we get past that REM stage of our sleep cycle, then we enter into that deep sleep stage, and we always dream. One of, the, one of the ways or one of the reasons that we oftentimes will remember dreams is because uh, we wake up in the middle of the dream, and that's, and that's how we remember dreams. I don't remember many of my dreams. It may say something about my sleeping habits, but there are some that I remember, and almost all of the dreams that I remember are recurring dreams. I have a number of, of recurring dreams. I have a recurring dream about, a, about an elevator. Uh, it will, um, I'm, I'm going up to one particular floor, and then all of a sudden, it's as if a cable breaks on the elevator, and, and uh, it, it falls faster than the, than the speed of light. It seems like I'm plastered to the ceiling of that elevator, and then it immediately comes to a stop. And then, instead of you know, just going up or down, it starts going sideways, and it will go this way, and then that way, and uh, it's, it's like a roller coaster I'm on. I, I, 
Um, I was in a training session a number of years ago, and uh, it was a training, a training about being a mentor, a clergy mentor in our Oklahoma Annual Conference. And uh, the trainer had, had written a book about dreams. Uh, it was a kind of an odd connection with uh, a, a being a mentor, but he, he started talking about dreams, and so I bought his book, and, and the book was wonderful. He said, it, one of the statements in the book is, is that one of the, the best interpreter of dreams is the person who had the dream. I mean, so we don't really need anyone that is kind of a seer out there to interpret our dreams for us. Oftentimes, he said, we will kind of know what the dream is. Well, uh, after I, hearing that, I knew exactly, and I began to notice exactly when I was having the elevator dream. It was when my life felt out of control. That was when I was having that dream, when, when life was just out of control. Ministry was, I didn't know, I, I couldn't keep up with things that were going on in the church. I, I, be, I was having that elevator dream. I also have the, the dream that is the, the very most common dream, common recurring dream that men have. Men, uh, almost, I mean, most men have had this dream at least once in their life, and many men have this as a recurring dream, that they are standing in front of a crowd just in their underwear. And I've had that dream multiple times. Uh, typically, not, by the way, not preaching, typically, it is when I'm, and typically, it is whenever, whenever I'm on a baseball field or on a basketball court or something. It's, it's an odd, it's a horrible, awful dream. But there's, a, there's another dream that um, I started having about 10 years ago. And, and the dream was that, um, and it was before, obviously before I was appointed as the pastor of First Church, but, but the dream is that uh, I'm, I'm preaching in a church and have been at this church for quite some time, and, it, and it's a kind of a new and shiny kind of looking church. Um, but then I'm, I've been there for a couple years and noticed that there is a door that I've never been in. I mean, and, and, and in my dream, it's, it's like it's kind of right back there, kind of up on the stage, but it's a door that, I, that, I'd, never, that I'd never been in before. Again, it's kind of a, kind of a new church, and so I, I go over and try the door, and the door is locked, and so I go into my office, and, and I start searching through, my, through the desk drawers, and I finally find this key that I'd never noticed before, and sure enough, it's the key that fits the lock to that door, and I enter in, I unlock that door and enter into it, and there is a massive library filled with books from from, from floor to ceiling, almost as, the, as far as the eye can, eye can see. And, the, and, it, and it has the smell of, I mean, the aroma. I, I don't know if you ever smell things in dreams, but I smell something in this dream. The, the aroma uh, is, is of something that is almost sweet, but also you can tell it's, it's really old and rich and, and deep. The, the, in, in the library, there are massive dark wood tables ornately, uh, ornately carved. And, and at the back of the library, again, all of these amazing books. And at the back, back of the library, there's another door. And so I try the key that I found. I unlock the first door, and it's a second door, and, and it's the old pastor's office. And in this office is a, I mean, it's an old office that has, hasn't been, that hasn't been open for years and years and years, so much so that the church, everybody in the church, nobody in the church had ever asked about that door. They had forgotten what that, what those doors led to. I mean, I, I, I have all kinds of interpretations of that dream. I, I will tell you, I've, I've started having that dream again. 
over the last two years. And, and for me, that, that dream, I think, certainly symbolizes for me, I, I, I notice that I start having that recurring dream again whenever, whenever there are some really cool things going on in my, in my spiritual life and really cool things that are going on in the churches that I'm pastoring. Uh, there's a, there's a, again, in that dream, there's a, there's a richness and a, and a depth to those rooms that, that people in the church had kind of forgotten about, and, and I discovered them, and, and people of the church start flocking to those rooms. I mean, there's, I think there's something deeply, deeply spiritual about that dream that I have been, that I've been having. Now, now, now we all, again, we all have dreams. Some of them, some of them are, are very vivid. Some of them are, are in color. By the way, uh, women are three times more likely to dream in color than, in men, than men are. Most men's dreams are, are in black and white. I don't know that I've ever thought about whether I dream in color or in black and white. But today we're going to be talking not necessarily about those kinds of dreams, but maybe more than, uh, more than anything, I think our, our scripture today is about, is about hopes and dreams. Certainly God gave Joseph uh, dreams, but I think, I think they, were, they were hopes and dreams as well. And, and, and I believe that they were, they were, from, they were from the Lord. And so, so have you ever had a dream for yourself? Maybe, maybe you can go back in your mind to, uh, to, to when you were 13 or 14 or 15 years old or, or you were 25 years old and you had all kinds of hopes and dreams for your life. You had hopes and dreams that you were going to make a difference in the world. You had hopes and dreams that, that you were going to impact that community that you were in. Maybe you had hopes and dreams that one day you would get into politics and, and, and you would be able to make massive changes, not only for your community, but maybe even into your state and, and even around the world. Maybe, maybe you had hopes and dreams that, that, that you would be able to uh, climb the ladder of success and, and you would be able to truly affect real change for for wonderful organizations, or maybe you had hopes and dreams that, that one day, one day you could climb the ladder and, and be a CEO of a company, or you would be able to start your own business, or, 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 or great things would happen in your life. And, and for many of us, for many of us, as we think back on those dreams, we get a, we get a little bit embarrassed, because how could we dream such things? I mean, we're just, we're just ordinary, common people. I mean, I, I, you know, why, why, why would we ever be able to make a difference? Why, why would we ever be able to, to truly, truly affect change? Today we're continuing our sermon series dealing with these foundational stories of our faith. These are, these are the stories that, that keep us grounded. We have, we have looked at the story of Abraham and how God called him to go and uh, didn't tell him where he was going, but and surprisingly, shockingly, Abraham went and was faithful, and and how God blessed Abraham through that. We 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 saw how uh, Abraham had had been promised to, to be a father of a great nation when he was 75 years old. They waited, they waited for a quarter of a decade, he and his wife, and they finally had a son together, Isaac, and and God called Abraham. And the second week of our series, we saw how God called Abraham to sacrifice his beloved son. And we, we saw the meaning and significance in that. And, th and then last week, we, we looked at um, Isaac's 
uh, Isaac's youngest son, Jacob, who was, who was the leg puller. <laughs> that, that literally what, what it is what his name, what, what his name meant, the, the one who pulls uh, someone, else's, someone else's leg. He was the trickster throughout his life, throughout his life. And how, how that trickster was, his name was changed when he, when he wrestled with his faith, when he wrestled with God, and how we too are called to wrestle with our faith. So today we're, we're looking at, really, we're continuing Jacob's story. We saw that Jacob's story takes up 25 chapters out of the book of Genesis. One half of the, chap, one half of the book of Genesis is devoted to, to Jacob's story. And so today we're looking at his second to youngest son, uh, Joseph. Jacob, Jacob uh, again, is, uh, his, his name, by the way, was changed to Israel and when he wrestled with God. Uh, that's what the name Israel means. And so in our passage today, we have here Israel uh, saying that, that, that his son Joseph was his favored son. Now, again, this went against every, every cultural norm of the day. The oldest son was, was obviously always supposed to be the favored son. Because the oldest son was the one who was going to inherit at least one half of the estate. There were 12 sons in this family. And so the oldest son was going to receive probably right at 50% of the estate. And then the rest of the 50% of the estate would be divided among the other 11 sons. But the oldest son would always be the head of the family. The oldest son would be the one who would, uh, after, after the parents or after the father died, the oldest son would be the one that took, literally took care of the rest of the family, provided them a place to live, provided them uh, crops and, and livestock, provided them servants as well in their homes. It was the oldest son. And so the oldest son was always supposed to be the one who was the most favored. But Jacob knew from his own life Jacob knew from his own life that it wasn't the favor, that it wasn't the, 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 the oldest son that was the most favored. Instead, in his own family, it was the youngest son that was the most favored, at least by his mother. <laughs> and so you would have thought that he would have recognized that you're not supposed to play favorites among children. Jacob should have known not to play favorites among children, but he selected this this 11th son of his named Joseph as his favorite because Joseph was born to, his, uh, to Jacob's favorite wife and he was the oldest born son of Rachel. And so he was, he was so, so beloved. And our scripture, the, the story uh, goes on and says that, that his, now it says, now Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. That's what the English Standard Version says. The, the New International Version says it about the same thing. Uh, an uh, an uh, ornate uh, robe is what it says. Uh, there's another translation that says a, a long robe with sleeves. Another translation says a robe with long sleeves. To be honest, Scholars have no idea what that Hebrew word means. They have no idea. Uh, they think it has something to do with a, a robe, but they're not exactly sure what style of robe. Again, again, uh, whether it was a, a beautifully ornate robe or a multicolored robe or whether it was a robe with long sleeves, whatever the case, 
what it, what it denoted was that it was given to a favored son who would never have to work, who would never wear it to work in. You see, when you, when you get out and you, uh, and you tend to the livestock, as you get out into the, into the fields and do manual labor, you would never wear an ornate robe. You would never wear a, a, a beautifully colored robe. You would never wear a robe with long sleeves. Because if you're going to get to work, what do you do? You roll up the sleeve. You roll up your sleeves. And so they hated him. His brothers hated him because he never had to do any work. Even our story today, we find that, that, jo- that Joseph is tattletaling, is tattletaling on, his, on his older brothers. He's, he's, he's the 11th child. He should be the one that's doing most of the work. But instead, he's the one that's been sent by their father to go see how his brothers are, are really working. And then he has this dream. And Joseph, say what you want to about Joseph and sometimes his, his faithfulness, but oftentimes uh, he is um, not my favorite character in the scriptures. He not only has this dream, but he tells his brothers about this dream that they will bow down and worship him. And then he has another dream that the moon and the sun and the stars, they all bow down and worship him. Again, notice notice how personal this dream is. They bow down and worship him. It's not the moon and the stars and the sun. They bow down and worship another star. No, they bow down and worship him. And he had the gall. He had the gall to tell them his dream. As you read through the story, and we're eventually going to get to it in this series, as you read through the story, you will see that his, his dream becomes a reality. His dream becomes a reality because that dream that he had for his life, it was a dream from God. Hear me now. That dream that, that Joseph had was a dream that came from God. And so I want to ask you today, what dream has God given you? Because I believe that God has given each one of us a dream. And it is a, it is a divine dream that God has given for each one of us in our, in our lives. Again, many of us have given up on our dreams. Many of us, we are embarrassed for the dreams that we used to have because life happened. We had, we had such plans and dreams for our lives, but then, but then life happened. We got married at a young age, started having kids, got stuck in a job that we had never been intended to be stuck in, and, and we stuck with that job for years and years and years, and then we started having grandkids, and we retired, and now we're wondering where in the world did all of our hopes and dreams go. But I believe. I believe that just like God gave Joseph dreams, God gives you dreams as well. Never, ever, ever give up on those God-given dreams. Don't ever give up on them. Because it's a dream from God. It's a hope and a, 
and, and, and a plan from God, no matter what has happened, no matter how much life has gotten in the way, no matter how much we have, we have steered away from those dreams. If you, if, if you read through the story of Joseph, you, I mean, I often wonder, did, did Joseph really remember those dreams? Did Joseph remember those dreams when he was sold into slavery by his own brothers? Did Joseph remember those dreams when he found himself uh, uh, put in prison because he was, uh, he was falsely accused of, uh, uh, of attacking a woman? Did, was Joseph remembering his dreams? Did Joseph remember his dreams whenever uh, the threat of death was upon him? Did he remember those dreams when he spent year after year after year in a prison cell in, in Egypt? Did Joseph remember those dreams when he began to to gain a notoriety and power, and Pharaoh put him in second in command. Did Joseph remember those dreams? Oh, no doubt he did. Because these were God's dreams for him. And you see, I, be I believe that God has given God has given you those kinds of dreams, and God has given me those kinds of dreams. Those aren't foolish ideas. Those aren't foolish plans for our lives. Those are God's divine dreams for you. And he's called us to continue to dream those dreams. Over the past few weeks, as I have been reading this passage of Scripture time and time and again, God really has given me a dream. God's given me a dream for this church. I, I don't think it's an accident that I have started having that recurring dream again. That recurring dream of, of, that, of that library sitting right back over here, full of, full of rich history and, and books that, 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 I didn't, that I didn't know about. And, and, and further on was, was, was almost like a, I mean, although it was the pastor's office, I, it, I, could I could feel in that pastor's office it had been bathed in prayer for decade after decade after decade. I don't think it's an accident that I've been having that recurring dream again. I have a dream. I have a dream. And I believe it's a God-given dream that First Church will be, a, will be a regional church, a gathering place for those who are, who are seeking the deeper things of God. I, I, this, this will be a place where the spiritually hungry are fed and, and the captives are freed and the broken find wholeness, the, the blind receive sight and the dead are resurrected. This will be a place where the Word of God has authority. The Father is glorified. The Son is worshipped and followed and the Holy Spirit is allowed to perform His work. This will be a place that is teeming with life and energy, and it ripples out, and the ripples will emanate from this place. Ground zero, as one pastor has put it for us. And from this place, revival will spread to other churches in other towns in other regions. First church will reclaim its place as Oklahoma City's first church, not in power or esteem or in money, but in influence, in authenticity, in spiritual power. Hear me, dear church, this will be a place where people arrive, they'll arrive without knowing why in the world they are here. Listen for that, listen for that phrase. I'm telling you, over the next decade, listen for that phrase. 
people will arrive and they will say things like, I don't know why I'm here, but I found myself here today. They'll find healing of their spiritual wounds. So be a place of deep and abiding presence of God, of God himself and life, his life, resurrection life will spread from this place to the dark regions of our world. That's the dream that God has for this church. And God has that same kind of dream for your own life. Don't ever, don't ever discount God's dreams for your life. You see, we serve a God who is a God of life. We serve a God who is present and active in our lives right here and now. It's not as if God spoke to us a long time ago and, and those dreams can't still be a reality. They can still be a reality. They are reality. Would you bow with me? God, you have given us a dream. Many of us have given up on our hopes and dreams over the years. Life is too hard. Things got in the way. We doubted and wondered if, you, if, if, if that dream was really from you. God, today you have confirmed for, for some of us here today that those dreams that we once had that we have given up on can be a reality because they came from you. And God, we believe that you have a purpose and a plan for this church. We believe that you have called us to be something greater than what we are today. Again, ground zero. Your spirit is so present here, so thick here. You want to bless this church, oh God. So send us people. Send us people who have no idea why they're here. They just kind of show up. And they're going to find spiritual healing and wholeness because of your presence here. God, put us to use. We are completely and absolutely yours. Do with us what you want, O oh God. Because all we want is you and your will. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.